Hello, this is Russell from Tombs of Evil, and you're listening to Into the Night, the Moon Knight Podcast. Yes, welcome back, loony listeners. You are listening to Into the Night, the Moon Knight podcast. This is episode 207, and you are with your high pressure conchu, Ray. Salutations. And, um, and tonight we are looking at a Lunapic modern run review based on a waxing crescent in the sky. And with our modern run, by that I mean The Vengeance of the Moon Knight, issue 5, Shock and Awe. Um, and with me, returning... To cap off this week is that wolf-like, that supernatural co-host, Jack Russell. Give me a keg of beer. Moran. Russell, welcome back. Ah, yes. I'm so glad to be back. You know what, Ray? Uh, Depending on when this episode comes out, Mm. it'll be my one-year anniversary of first appearing in some... Because uh, I sent some feedback for when Age of Conchu started. Yes. Last last May. So. Wow, that's a year already. I remember. I remember yep. when we got that um uh, that yep. feedback from you. Yeah, because I remember being yep. quite excited to hear from you, um, listeners. Those of you will know from the past as well. Apart from being a podcaster himself now, Russell, um, you are one of the IT scribes, and we were writing some articles for Paint Monk li- Paint Monk's Library, um, all to do with Moon Knight. So it was really fun to actually hear, uh, hear you, Russell, yeah. first time. Yeah. Um, but anyway, loonies, we are going to get cracking straight into it. A big thank you, of course, to our gracious Petruni, so the co-producers and executive producers on each of our episodes. Um, you can become a Petruni as well if you check out our page. More details towards the end of the show for that. A big thank you alongside Russell here, who is a Petruni himself, to Daniel, Justin, Derek, Wayne, Jordan, Josh, James, and Anthony. So a huge thank you to you guys for, for helping support the show, helping it run itself, so to speak, which is really cool. Um, also as well, a big shout out to Fringe Night by Daniel Doing, an original indie comic based on Erie, Pennsylvania's very own superhero, uh, mysterious superhero. <laughs> Sorry, tripped over my words there. And uh, hello headphones empowering gamers to play at their best and Dreamland Comics, the superhero superstore. Now Russell, um, we have this awesome comic that you chose. Um, would you be able to let the, the listeners be privy to why you chose uh, Vengeance of the Moon Knight issue 5? I know why. <laughs> well, uh, yeah. Um, Vengeance of the Moon Knight, I think, is underrated as a whole. Uh, that's actually one of my favorite Moon Knight runs. It's fun, isn't it? Uh, it's good. Yeah, it's fun. It's action-packed. And I love that, you know, they tried to have mark overcome his demons like it's nice to see someone overcome their demons every once in a while you don't (laughs) want them to constantly be in torment yeah but uh i also did choose this specific one because the cover um yes which uh unfortunately as we'll find out is kind of misleading but um Mm -hmm. uh yeah uh mark takes on uh, uh our old pal ebenezer 
the scarecrow, but not not the scarecrow you're familiar with, I'm no. sure. <laughs> uh, but uh, <laughs> yes, uh, yeah. it's a really quick cover. Look uh, for, for the Petrunis with the video. Um, that is sorry, that is a the cover there. So I'm I'm reading it off the trade. Um, yeah, really cool, uh, really great art. I love the art throughout. Um, oh yeah, Scarecrow and Moon Knight there, and we get a lot of the crows as well at the beginning. Um, very cool indeed. Uh, so, uh, Avengers of the Moon Knight issue five, uh, released April two thousand and ten. Um, so we have writer Greg Horitz, uh, penciler Jerome Pena, inker Jay Lyston, colorist Paul Mounts, letterer Joe Caramagna, and editors Jody Lahope and Axel Alonso. Now, as you just saw as well, this is uh, available. Well, it's long out of print, I think, in in trade form. Um, but you can pick it up in trade if you somehow find it. Uh, floppies are still there uh, and digital, and of course, it's on Marvel Unlimited as well. So easy access if you have the the subscription, or if you go to Comicsology and buy it, it's um it's it should be there. Uh, Russell, how are you absorbing your knowledge of this issue? <laughs> Uh, I own the floppy because yes, I nice. own them all. Yes, but um, I actually read it off Marvel Unlimited yep. because I didn't feel like digging out. The yeah, I, I do comics, that. Too. So I do that too as well. Sometimes it's just easy to to read it from the um, digital, especially kind of like in bed as well, like when the lights are out. Yeah, you yeah. can at least read. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, so listeners, for those of you that don't know <clears throat> as well, what Russell and I will do, we'll start off with a bare bones, like to call it. That's a synopsis. And Russell, I'm not sure if you've got the prompt sheet up. I've uh, haven't discussed it with you yet, but we'll we'll split that yeah. up. That's quite a, a nice little lengthy synopsis. So just in case you haven't got yeah. the issue, yep, and you want to know what this is about, what we're talking about, and uh, we'll do that. Uh, then we'll just dive into some aspects. Um, again, writing, art, characterizations, anything like that. Um, we'll just freeform it, Russell. And, uh, All right. and we'll cap it off with a moon rating system. Now, to get this out of the way, Russell, vanilla rating or Connor Shoe's rating system, what will you go for? Well, I went with Connor Shoe last time, so I'll go with vanilla this time. Okay, excellent. Okay, I'll go for, I'll go for Connor Shoe's. I'll always go for the, uh, the other one. Um, let me just update the prompt sheet there. Uh, one second. Oh, we might have a scarecrow on the other side there. <laughs> Um, that's okay. That's okay. All right. So, uh, Russell, why don't you um, kick us off with the bare bones for this? All right. Using the large flock of crows to his advantage, Mark waits to coordinate his attack with the crows when they begin to swoop down as a means to distract the goons. With the largest goon roped down, Frenchie quickly drops a net to gather the flock, which in turn exposes the Scarecrow. Moon Knight quickly takes down Scarecrow, but he teases Mark about Bushman's return. Moon Knight is haunted by the news and finishes Scarecrow. That night, lying in bed with Marlene, Khonshu returns to Mark, still looking for blood he grows more hungry for vengeance. Mark decides to visit his closet. Uh, his, uh, I'm sorry. Mark decides to visit his closet and look for a certain tape that could remind him of his new purpose. As Konshu becomes louder, the police interview from Carmela Dominguez. Uh, I'm going to butcher that name. Uh, before the trial of Mark Spector, 
Watching her testimonial reminds Mark of his new path. Meanwhile, Frenchie is at a gala function and still sees the former horrendous man he was behind the mirror. Back on the streets, Moon Knight looks for Crawley to find more information on Bushman. Randomly, they are attacked as an inmate knocks Crawley down hard. Out from the shadows emerges Bushman. Mark's fears are real. Moon Knight rushes to Bushman, but he fires a rocket launcher at him, to which Mark dodges but hits the siding of a building. Moon Knight quickly runs to the siding and uses his carbonating suit to help level the building. However, this leaves Mark exposed to attacks. Bushman sets a heavy blow to Moon Knight's stomach, but Mark continues to hold the siding. With Bushman on top, he leaves his inmates to attack Mark in order to make the building collapse on him. Just as they make their move, Moon Knight quickly finds a way to support the building and attack the inmates. Just as a large goon arrives to stump Mark, he manages to trick him by allowing the siding to fall on him. With Bushman gone and the inmates defeated, Mark cuts a crescent moon on the large goon's fabric shirt, not exposing blood, to leave his mark. Moon Knight's Angel Wing, a Moon Knight version of the Hobglider, <laughs> arrives just as Spider-Man witnesses the carving. Peter questions Mark's new persona as he too doesn't trust his new ethics. Yet as Peter is talking to Mark about having a code, Mark replies, how's that working out for you? As Norman Osborn uh, billboard hangs above him. So there you go, uh, Loonies. That is a, a pretty, I think, a pretty cool uh, synopsis there, Russell. It, if you haven't read the comic, you, you're pretty much brought up to speed there, albeit some details, some pretty cool detail, details, uh, which I'm sure we'll get into. But before we start on any notes at all, Russell, overall, what, what did you make of this issue five of Shock and All? Well, you know, by the cover, I was a little disappointed with the uh, overall... You know, that the little scarecrow snippet was pretty much just the beginning. Mm. But, you know, the story made up for it quite a bit. Um, like I said before, Vengeance of the Moon Knight is, I think, underrated. Um, and this is probably the most interesting that Bushman has ever been. Uh, um, yeah, I thought it was I thought it was really good. Yeah, I'd actually, I'd agree with you because I was about to say Bushman, I found Bushman quite interesting in the Houston run, but that really wasn't him. That was right. the visage of Bushman, that was Conchu. This is actually like Bushman, which is mm-hmm. really good because he actually looks quite deadly. He's got control over these inmates and stuff. Um, I, I enjoyed it as well. I, I kind of always forget how how much of an easy read and how, I don't know, just how slick uh, Haritz's writing is um, he's got little bits his, his attention to detail here and there he's got little ideas that he peppers throughout the issue and it, for me it becomes more than just an action flick um, and um, sorry an action flick an action comic uh, there's yeah just some little bits in there that kind of make you think and, and yeah I really enjoyed it as well yeah good stuff good yeah. stuff so um, I guess uh if we just like freestyle this uh, point, what any major points of note that you want to raise and um, and discuss? Um, well, I, I like I said I think previously is like I like how they're portraying Mark as kind of um, 
how do I put it? He's kind of a recovering. It's almost like a recovering alcoholic a little bit. Like, mm, yeah. Um, he's he's doing everything he can to make up for his past mistakes. Yeah. And he's trying to prove to the world, and in this case, he's trying to prove to like Spider-Man that you know I'm a good guy. I'm not maiming people anymore. Hence, why he carved the the mm-hmm. crescent the crescent in the shirt with no blood. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, he's he's trying to re- he's looking for some redemption, and I always love a good redemption story. Yeah. Um. And uh, it's just really interesting because when you think of Moon Knight now, you think of him as kind of this half crazed, you know, mm-hmm. lunatic. Which, I, and I'm not saying that like, you know. Obviously, if you're mentally ill, you can't really help it. You can, yeah, yeah, you, uh, for sure. But uh, in this, in this, I mean, between you know stuff like Moon Knight, uh, Moon Knight Core memes yeah. and stuff, <laughs> the broader uh, you know audience just looks at Moon Knight as this lunatic. Mm. But um, yeah, I like that they were trying to redeem him a little bit. He was trying to be more in line with the Minch version of himself. And he has all these cool gadgets and, yeah, like you said, the hob glider. <laughs> Someone uh, slipped that in there, I'm pretty sure. Yes, yes. Um, yeah. And I just, and another thing I love is how he was genuinely afraid that Bushman was back. Yeah, um, that's, a, that's actually a good point as well. Yeah, yeah. Which is because, uh, yeah. oh, I was, yeah, it just, it, it reminds him of when he was, you mm-hmm. know, crazy, yep. for lack of a better term. Uh, it kind of, that haunts him to this day, the whole cutting Bushman's face off. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Khonshu is still trying to dig his claws into Mark, and Bushman is the personification of that. Yes. So yeah, it's it's good stuff. I think it's really good writing. Yeah. Um, yeah. I I think I think you've touched upon some really good points there, Russell. And actually, you've covered quite a bit that I think interrelate to each other. Like this point. So the main thing that you're saying, if I can backtrack a little bit, you talk, you're talking about how Mark's um, looking to be redeemed. Um, he he's definitely got this level of guilt and this thing hanging over him, and I think one of the important scenes in this is uh, just as the uh, the title for the issue past is prologue comes out. It's a, it's that scene with Mark in bed with Marlene, and uh, he kind of gets up, and this is this is kind of set up by Horitz. He kind of gets up. He's he's talking to to Konshu, who's again always goading him, but he goes into that secret uh, compartment, I believe where he's got, you know, a lot of stuff, a lot of reels, and he goes through what I think is the wife of one of his victims as a mercenary, right? Like, she's talking about how um, the killer was ruthless and and all that. Uh, Very much so, this is meant to be, I guess, one of the victims of Mark when he was a mercenary. So he's he's kind of suffering and going through that again. He's, he's, and he's, I guess it's maybe cathartic or he's reminding himself of it. Uh, and 
I think it's really well done what I mentioned before about those little details that Haritz introduces. As you mentioned, towards the end, it's that little that little gesture of cutting the crescent moon but not cutting it into the flesh, you know, that shows that he's actually trying to make a change. He's actually actively trying to get away from that past of being a mercenary, which he has massive guilt over. I mean, and, and this is good. It's, it's touched upon in the Bemis run as well, how he's... Um, and of course, in some of the other series, but sometimes, as you say, it's kind of forgotten about how he's he's almost like Black Widow esque. You know, he's he's got this massive kind of guilt. Um, so I think that was a nice touch by Horitz with the crescent moon just on the fabric, but also as you mentioned with Bushman, um, not only is he a, a reminder, or he he's scared of Bushman because of the the face cutting incident, but I believe Bushman is basically a physical memory. Of his of his past as a mercenary, um, mm-hmm. so of course that would scare the hell out of Mark. He wants to put that behind. That's why he says a couple of times, "I've, I've killed this guy. Like he's he's dead. He's gone." And it's almost as if Mark's just trying to convince himself that with Bushman gone, he can like lay everything to rest. But the fact that Bushman's back kind of parallels this idea that you can never get rid of your past. Um, and and I think that's really. Um, really cool. Very strong theme in this uh, in this issue. But, oh, for sure, yeah. Mm. Um, um, uh, yeah. Uh, Bushman in this is just... Um, like I said, I think this is one of the better portrayals of Bushman. Like, mm-hmm. you don't... I mean, obviously we're talking about just this single issue. Um, yeah. But, um, you know, he had been resurrected by Dormammu. Um, uh, with you know, he's joining up with the Hood and Norman Osborn and yep. all sorts of stuff. So it's 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 cool. Like he fires a rocket at Mark. <laughs> I mean, like yes. you know, it's not like Mark's a Superman or anything like that. He, he's fine, right. but mate, yeah. also as well, he's you know pure evil. He doesn't. He may not even been going for Mark. He, he was going for that kind of apartment building with people in mm-hmm. it. So yeah, yeah. I'm talking to bad bastardy. I think my favorite, my favorite moment is probably when you know Moon Knight is struggling to hold up that structure, and Bushman just punches him like right in the gut. Yeah, and he's just like, he's just like, I'm just going to leave you here. Which at the same time, Bushman, you're an idiot. You could have killed him right I there. Know. I know. But uh, yeah. You know, that that was one of my favorite scenes as well, and let's kind of elaborate on that because that wasn't shown in the synopsis. I loved it. Um, it. He basically Mark somehow slips out of his carbonadium suit uh, between then and when Bushman turns around, and so it's just the suit holding up the building, which is awesome because it just it shows the technology. I love that those little details, um, but then he comes swinging in. This is one of Rebecca's favorite iterations. <laughs> Moon Knight with mask and boxer shorts. That's all he, he has, and he's got his. Uh, has he got a truncheon? He's, I don't even know if he does. No, he's. Um, I don't. I don't think so. I no, think he's, he just comes yeah. in kicking. Uh, yes. But that's such a cool. Again, like for me, it's a little bit gimmicky, but it's such a cool idea. These little little bits that Hurrits um, puts in, it just kind of makes it, you know, um, because it's different. It's different. It's not like it's not a straightforward Moon Knight just holding up a building with his in his armor. He's taken it to a different kind of level. Um, but yeah, very very cool. Uh, and as you mentioned as well, a lot of the gadgets. So this is part of his gadgets, and we do see his his uh, Moon Glider. Um, but I also love how 
So he was in his boxer shorts, but it's almost Iron Man-like. His armor kind of comes and forms around him. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I hope I'm reading that correct. It does seem like it. Uh, I don't know how it's done, but, uh, you know, it's comic technology, <laughs> comic yeah. armor technology. Um, yeah. How do you feel about this more uh, technologically savvy Moon Knight? Yeah. Um, it's so weird, isn't it? Because there is a bit of me loving that. Obviously, the classic, but I, mm-hmm. I like, I, I like this. Um, uh, look, if you ask me, my favorite, my favorite, I would have to say, would I be the classic costume or the Declan Shalvey armored costume? Mm-hmm. Because it just looks so cool. But by yeah. having these, this all kind of urbanized and um, technology filled, I like it. I like it as well. It, it kind of gives that realism to it. Yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't put it past him to do this version in the MCU. Yeah, like this feels like it fits right in. Yeah, but um, at the same time, yeah, I kind of just prefer the classic Minch, uh, David, like Finch mm-hmm. kind of just white. Yeah, and I love the Declan Shelby, of course, and I love Mister Knight too. Yeah, but um, yeah, I I really I thought this was really cool, you know. He needs a little bit extra oomph in his in his tank to he be does. able to take on these more powerful. Vil- I mean, he's going up against the Green Goblin right now. Yeah. I mean, he's not the Green Goblin no. right now. He's yeah. Iron Patriot, but you know. Yeah, yeah, it's um, it is interesting as well because in the '90s they did that again. It's like you know we can't just have Moon Knight a guy in spandex running around let's uh let's give him adamantium armor and let's give him wrist blasters with uh crescent darts so they've tried to amp it up i mean it always comes and goes for me i i i like it like as a transitional thing like you know he's got his real costume these costumes are you know um for particular situations uh and and i think this is okay anyway because it's justified in, if we go back to issue one horitz opens this whole gambit with moon knight jumping out in a in a moon cycle with two guns ablazing and you know so he's really just stated up front this is a very different moon knight and um and yeah i I like it i think it's great i mean there's nothing wrong with having different different armor for me right yeah well well, do you want to talk a little bit about uh the cover star about scarecrow a little bit oh sure absolutely absolutely (laughs) even though he's it's 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 very brief um Shout out to uh, Inner Demons, mm. uh, because Scarecrow is known as a Ghost Rider villain, of course, mm-hmm. um, and he's so cool and creepy. Like there was an uh, there was an annual, a Ghost Rider annual. I can't remember the exact number, but I think it was written by Garth Ennis, and it okay. was like one of his first works. Nice, yeah. And oh man, that one's great. Uh, it's. <laughs> Scarecrow and Ghost Rider, and it's if you, I will, uh, I'll have to hunt down what number it is, but it's yeah. really good. Um, the obviously, when people think of a Scarecrow comic book villain, there's the one that always comes to mind. Absolutely, uh, but um, this one, while having a very similar aesthetic, is very different. I mean... Yeah, how, how so? I was about to ask because um, I don't know that much about Scarecrow in the Marvel Universe, nor that much in the DC. To me, like, it always... I was always flummoxed as to, like, number one, how can they look so similar and have the same name and get away with it? You, you know what I mean? 
Um, yeah. I guess Scarecrow is is a public domain, <laughs> so you yeah, yeah. But it's just so it's so obvious a, a thing. So how are they different in in? Um... Well, the, you know the the uh, the DC version is was a psychiatrist yeah. um, and was obsessed with fear and uh, developed a fear toxin and. You know, he sprays you with that, and you see your worst fear, and he's just a, you know, that's that's his gimmick. Yeah. Um, the Marvel version is a little bit more strange in that he's like a contortionist. Oh. Like, he can bend his body in weird ways, and it makes for some really creepy imagery. Okay. And um, both versions have used the pitchfork, but I think, I think the Marvel version, his is... He might have used the pitchfork before the DC version did. I'm oh, not. Okay. I don't. Don't quote me on that. Also, the classic DC version always had that. Um, what I always call the witch's hat. You know, oh, the little yeah, pointy. Yeah. Yep. Um, classic scarecrow hat. Kind of thing. Now, now in more recent years, the scarecrows dropped the hat mm-hmm. um, to, and making him look more like the Marvel version. To yeah, be honest, right. but. Uh, um, so does a yeah. Marvel does a Marvel version? I thought the for some reason I thought the Marvel version used fear as well. He doesn't do that. He's not like a. I don't think so. Okay. I don't know a, a ton about him, mm. but um, I know strangely enough, his first appearance was fighting Iron Man in like Tales to Tales oh. of Suspense. Oh wow! Um, but yeah, he eventually moved to being like a Ghost Rider villain. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure if he has any, like, powers or anything. I just know that he's, you know, contorts. And we saw him use those crows yes. in this. Yeah, which was very um, cool. I thought, like, you know, you don't often... It's pretty obvious, like, scarecrows and crows, but you don't really often see it, I think, used. And I thought it was used to great effect here. Um, and, and again, there was a little bit that Moon Knight gets to interact with Frenchie. And like he's going to, mm-hmm. you know, press a pedal on your left. No, no, your left. And, uh, <laughs> so he's got an idea. Like they've, they've, he's got a plan to to capture these crows and stuff. It's, um, yeah. I, th- I think the action scene at the beginning w- was great. It's a great way to hit the ground running. Um, it wasn't constant action throughout, but I mean, this was really such a kind of visceral uh, issue. Uh, I, I just really loved it. Just that image of. Um... Mooney pinning Scarecrow against the wall with his own pitchfork. Yeah. It's just like, uh, yeah. Yes. He he makes he makes quick work of uh, of Scarecrow. He doesn't he doesn't last long, does he? Um, there are some. Yeah. I mean, if we are to just look at Scarecrow, there's one panel here for the video people. I um I really enjoyed it. It's it's a close up of Scarecrow's oh, yeah. face. It just um Opeña does a really good job to make him look creepy because. The eye holes aren't totally on the eyes. Uh, it's kind of a slight upward angle, and his teeth are bearing. So he really does come across as quite a, a little bit of a scary character. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, uh, speaking, I guess, of which, I mean, there's a lot here to talk about uh, some of the other characters. Uh, one of the other ones that shines a bit of a light is is Frenchie. Um, mm-hmm. And I like the attention laid on there. Frenchie is obviously... He's feeling it as well. Like he, there's some sort of, um, obviously he's he's uh, traumatized by his mercenary days, uh, and so there's this little scene where they're, I don't know where I don't know where they are. They're some well-to-do kind of gathering, gala or something. Yeah, and they're talking about paintings and stuff. Um, and Frenchie goes away. Uh, you're right. I can't I can't remember 
Frenchie's partners. I thought it was Richard, but there's a mention here of Danny. But anyway, um, he goes up to the to the bathroom, and then it's just pure art. You just see a really nice uh, image of Frenchie looking at himself, and then memories of him as a merc. Um, interesting take, I thought Russell, because it's not often you see Frenchie dealing with this sort of stuff. Uh, again, I, I have to reread issues one to four to make maybe there there's a, a slow burn for that but um yeah it's nice to actually get a bit of attention frenchie's way yeah um he uh, he's got just the same amount of guilt that mark does Mm. and um in a way this is also frenchie's redemption story in a way because while he's feeling all this guilt and all this you know remorse he's still compelled to go out there and help mark yeah so i think to him, I mean, this could be my own headcanon here, but um, Frenchie is, he sees that Mark is trying to better himself and he thinks that if he helps Mark now, it will better him too. Okay. Um, So, like, because I I think at the beginning of Vengeance of the Moon Knight, all of, like, Mark's uh, agents will say, aren't they like estranged from him? Doesn't he start out like alone? Yeah, I, 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 it must lean from the the Benson, uh, the Houston run as well, because there's always a, a tenuous relationship between Frenchie and, and Marlene and Mark. Um, so yeah, mm-hmm. it wouldn't surprise me. Uh, so yeah, th- this is what I thought was interesting. Then I mean, it's a, it's a good headcanon that you're saying because it's almost as if Frenchie's making an effort to try and um, try and kind of. Um, make peace with Mark as well. Um, so yeah, so we get a bit of that as well, which is pretty cool. Uh, the other big character, the big supporting character here, Russell, and another standout for me in this issue uh, was what happens to Crawley. Um, yeah. So again, a nice little smart thing I think that Hurwitz does. It's pretty. It's obvious if you think of it, but um, it's just funny to see it realised. Uh, Crawley's talking rather eloquently to Mark. Uh, he gets smacked by one of the inmates. And he starts talking street, kind of like. <laughs> it's so funny. Um, but yeah. Yeah, it, it was quite a surprise because, like, I almost had to, like, I know Mark did too in the story, but I had to, like, read it twice. I was like, what is Crawley doing? Yeah. He never talks like this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I always remember, I can't remember, it's, it's further down the line. I think he gets hit by a skateboard later on, and that kind of brings him back to, brings him back to normal. Um, <laughs> but it's just so funny. Um, so it, it's, you know, it's not this thing, it's quite dark, you know, with Bushmen and Scarecrow, but it's not without its humour, which I, I like as well. So... Uh, it's a nice little balance, and of course, as we said, the the action is just just a plenty. Um, I think the action in this whole series is some of the best, mm. um, and it feels like every issue they're throwing Mark up against another, you know, big big fight. Mm-hmm. Like we saw him fight the Sentry for God's I sake. I know, and uh, but um, and you know, this was during uh, Dark Rain. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is when Norman has taken over everything, and mm-hmm. things are, for lack of a better term, they're dark, they're bleak yeah. right now. So, uh, we like, I love the characterization of Spider-Man in this. What little we get of him, he's very defeated. Like, yeah. um, he's, you know, he's judging Mark... But at the same time, he can't even keep a handle on, you know, his own 
life. Yeah. So yeah, it's it's easy to um to maybe vent your frustrations towards that guy, like you know Moon Knight, mm-hmm. because he's it's he's openly kind of disruptive and against the grain. But you're right, um, they've got Spider Man has got his own freaking you know inner demons to worry about. Yeah, um, and do you think it's funny that um. Why is it always Moon Knight that gets like, for lack of a better term, shit on by the other by the other superheroes when Frank's over there just straight up murdering people with guns yeah. and Spider Man will be like, eh, I'll work with you, Punisher, but don't yeah. kill anybody. Yeah. But when Spider Man sees sees Mark, he's like, Freak. Yeah, I, I, I think they're just shit scared of Frank. <laughs> yes, don't, don't piss him off, you know. Um, yeah. No, that's true. I, I don't know. I think because, uh, I mean, you can argue the same thing with the Punisher, but I think Moon Knight does it on himself as well. Like he he really distances himself from from the whole teams and stuff. And they've tried. Like I don't think they've ever actually asked the Punisher to be an Avenger and stuff. But um, Moon Knight has been. Um, he has declined them. Uh, you know, he has gone against them, stuff like that. So uh, I think he's rife for. For being made fun of and, and being the the dog's body of the of the right. heroes, yeah. I also don't think I don't think Frank has cut anybody's face off and wore it. Yeah, but uh... <laughs> exactly. I mean, you know, it, it's so ghastly. It's almost kind of like you know you got to make fun of it if you're a hero. Yeah, he, he he might shove a gangster's head into a tank full of piranhas, but I don't yeah. think he's gonna cut somebody's face off and, and wear but, it. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yes, that's just that's just absolute bonkers um i also just want to highlight uh you know we're talking about this is great action and, and all that and writing but my god i think the colors and the art uh in issue five in issue five and, and throughout vengeance of the moon Knight is fantastic they go through a few different artists but jerome Pena and um geez i mentioned it before but the colorist uh paul mounts um just oh there's some really good um I guess contrast here, the, as, particularly at the beginning when Frenchie's in the moon copter and it's just red, like he's got that mm-hmm. red tinge. Um, again, when as I, I mentioned, he's, he's thinking about his Merc days and there's a nice red. Uh, the colouring is really good here, um, and even when Crawley is uh, standing next to the, you know, the hobo <laughs> barrel fire. What, what do you call them? Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, so really, hats off there. I don't think we we. Um, compliment colorists enough but um, this really does make this art crisp and clean and and really pops out of the um out of the pages yeah you took the words right out of my mouth it really pops and Mm. you know we don't in most moon Knight runs we don't get a lot of bombastic colors like this It's usually either, you know, very dark and dreary Mm -hmm. Um, usually the highlight would be Mark's costume Mm -hmm. the white against the darkness but no we get lots of colors in this and i think it works great especially with the art because the art kind of has this it still has this grittiness to it um this realism but with the bright colors it makes it it makes it very cinematic it does yeah 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 and and i guess that's why i I came across as slick to me as well it just has this kind of really nice polished polished in a good way um look uh, to it, what did you think of the depiction of Conchu as well? He's, he's kind of a little differently shown here with the red eyes and a bit more I of. I feel a, like this. Yeah. 
Yeah, this is like the proto version of the Ellis version, the yeah. Shelby version. This is because he's. I correct me if I'm wrong. I don't have it in front of me right now, but he does have a bird head, yep. doesn't he? Yeah, he does. His um. Yeah. So oh, can't can't really see it, but it's in there somewhere. Yeah. He's, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, he does. He red eyes. Uh, it's not. To- it doesn't kind of look totally skull, but it's almost there, almost bird skull. Yeah. Um, yeah, and it's not a suit. He's got, he's still got the uh, the conchu robe on, and uh, uh, but yeah, for sure, absolutely. This is like the transition transitionary version of Conchu because, you know, when we first see Conchu, he doesn't really talk. He's just the statue. Mm-hmm. Yes, and then, you know, he morphs along until we finally get to where he's using Bushman's uh, features as a, yes. you know, kind of a front. Then we have this kind of dark bird version, and then eventually we'll get the uh, the bird skull version, which I think most people that's their favorite. Yeah. But um, I think this is a creepy version. Like this really uh, plays into him kind of always being there. He's almost like the devil at this point. He's yeah. trying to get Mark back, trying to get his soul back, and. What, let me ask you, Ray, do, do you kind of prefer it when uh, Mark is telling Khonshu to fuck off? <laughs> or do you like uh, do you like it more when it's, um, uh, how do I, like, not exactly working together, because that just makes me think of Age of Khonshu, but like, <laughs> in the Ellis, or like the Shelby type thing, they weren't really at odds with each other. Yeah. Um, and then they were back at odds with each other in the Lemire run. Mm-hmm. So, um, and you know me, I like the version where he's just ambiguous. Yeah. You know, is yeah. he there? Is he not there? We don't really know. Yeah. But I do really appreciate it when Moon Knight, you know, tells him, you know, get the hell out of here. You know, yeah. I'm my own person. I don't need you because that's part of that redemption that we were talking yes. about. Yes. Yeah. Like, I, 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 yeah. Sorry. I was just going to real quick say that this kind of started at the end of that Black Spectre story with God and Country, because at the end of that, Mark told Conchu he was done. Mm-hmm. Um, now, obviously, some other stuff went down in between <laughs> that and this, but, you know, it's uh, it's part, like I said, the redemption angle is good. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I do like that thing when Mark's going against him, and I like it. I think it was the Black Spectre run or, or some other one that I'm thinking of, but some of the writers managed to twist it really well, like in the fact that, look, I'm done with you, Conchu, but I'm going to still carry out. I'm still going to do meet out some justice, but it's not going to be for you. It's going to be, you know, that sort of thing. Um, mm-hmm. It's such a, a delicate relationship because, uh, as mentioned, like Conchu is the one that, brings Mark back. He's the one that owes, like Mark owes him for stuff. So, uh, you can't totally, um, you know, fly in the face of Conchu. I mean, even here, Conchu's going, like, he's just goading Mark as well. Um, yeah, so you're nothing. You're not special. I made you and I can make another 10. So he's, he's kind of really just uh, psychological 
trauma, you know, abuse to him. Yeah. Yeah. You know, oh, what's his name? The Punisher. Why can't you be more like him? You know, I bet his, <laughs> I bet his guide is well fed. So, um, yeah. So I love that. I yeah. love that. Mark says like, you obviously don't know Frank. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, I like it when, you know, he kind of tells him off and, um, Khonshu is, like you said, he's goading him and you, like you said, you know, Mark in a way owes Khonshu his life, but at the same time, Mark didn't ask to be brought back. That's true. So, you know, in this, Khonshu seems like that abusive lover that mm. you're trying to get away from and they keep trying to entice you back saying that they'll be, you know, things will be different now. And, yeah. you know, no, they, they won't be, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, Mark's kind of like the, uh, abused, uh, partner in this. Yeah. Yeah. But he's, he's taken the power back. He's, yeah. he's not letting Kanchu walk all over him. Mm. Yeah, it's a very, very complicated relationship. Um, like you said as well, I, mean, I do like this whole um, ambiguity of you know Moon Knight and Conchu and whether Conchu was real or not. But you know, for the last few years, that's become more and more like less now. It, it's it's disappeared really. And and if we're looking at Age of Conchu, it's all but gone. I mean, Conchu is in an Asgardian prison somewhere. Um, everyone else sees him, uh, you know. That. But, like, um, I don't know. We, we never know. Like, that. it always can be um, reset in any new volume. Um, I, I do like that ambiguity. But I am enjoying this relationship that Moon Knight has with, with Conchu. And, and, again, I think that Vengeance of the Moon Knight does it um, very well. Um, I, I think very much uh, the Houston run... And the Vengeance of the Moon Knight, that era, 2006 to, say, 2010, uh, works really well with that Conchu. Uh, Bendis, we we don't get that. It's, it's pretty much just Mark's head and, and different identities come up. Um, but I, I really enjoyed this Conchu depiction. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, I, I Bendis gets a lot of crap, and, like, he kind of deserves it sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, like, Bendis usually just takes, like, part of the canon and then just ignores the rest yep. of it. Yep. And I feel like that's really what he did with his run on Moon Knight. I feel like he didn't know who the hell Moon Knight really was. Yeah. Um, now, he had Moon Knight in the Ultimate Universe. Uh, he was in the Ultimate Spider-Man stuff. Yeah. But obviously that was a different version. Different version, um, yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah... But we're not talking about Bendis. No. Uh, <laughs> no. Hey, look, if anything but, as well, I, I was I was talking to someone, I jumped on to another show the other, uh, just last night, uh, talking about Moon Knight. And look, I, I would recommend, like the guy was saying, should I watch, should I read the Bendis run? Because I've heard like a lot of things. I said, you should, really. I mean, it's a very different take. Um, it's not as bad as a lot of people kind of crap all over it. It's different, you know. It's because exactly as you say, to me, Bendis is like a, um, a monument, like an architect um, who builds monuments. Rather, you know, you can have an architect that builds a really good building, really good design, um, form and function. It's spatially beautiful and the experience. Or you can have those big architects that just build monuments and they just pick one thing. I'm going to make a big, nice form of a building. I don't care about anything else. That's kind of like what Bendis does. He picks one aspect and he plays with it 
and that's what mm-hmm. you kind of have to go with. But it does rub a, a lot of fans up the wrong way. But it's it's certainly something that you should still read. Anyway, we shouldn't shouldn't uh, <laughs> dwell on it. Um, right. I I was just going to comment real quick that I think it's hilarious yep. that Bendis has done a run on each of the characters that you do a podcast on. Um, <laughs> oh yeah, but uh, <laughs> um, but I think the Spider Woman is the only one that people think is good. Uh, yeah, the Superman really and oh, Superman, Superman uh, and Moon Knight uh, are kind of maligned. What hmm. do you like? This is off topic, but real quick. Uh, what do you think is the most maligned, maybe the worst Moon Knight run? I mean, Bendis yeah. is always thrown out there. Some people throw Bemis out mm-hmm. there. Yep. Um, there's a lot of the later Mark Spector Moon Knight stuff that is thrown in that conversation. Fist of Khonshu is thrown yeah. in there. What does the High Priest think? <laughs> Look, um... As much as, um, and I love a lot of his work, um, can't deny it, uh, the, towards the end of Mark Spector Moon Knight for me would have to be, um, but having said that though, uh, Terry Kavanagh, we have to remember, he wrote, uh, Mark Spector Moon Knight from, I think about, I got from memory from about 35 issue on, so he had a good 25 issue run with Moon Knight. And a lot of that was I really love, like Blood Brothers um, with with uh, Randall Spector and Punisher, um, uh, with Doctor Doom, really mm-hmm. fun stuff. Uh, but it's just that kind of the last maybe maybe six or seven issues I just I couldn't lock onto, and uh, and I respect the ideas that he had, some new ideas that he was having, but it was just like an overload of ideas, and it was just too much mm-hmm. to kind of absorb. So for me, it would be that last bit of Mark Spector Moon Knight. Um, but I do love the the run as a whole. I mean, it, it's sixty issues, it, it's fantastic, but it's just really hard to read those last ones, uh, and the art as well. Uh, I'd say it's not my personal favorite. So, um, yeah, Stephen Platt. How about yourself? What, what, what do you think is your? I think I would agree, because you know, the Bendis stuff isn't exact. You know, it's not what we wanted. Mm-hmm per se, but I don't think it's written badly. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Um, it's... Uh, I I have never went back to the Bendis run, and I have never went back to the Bemis run. Mm. Um, I would think... Well, I, I would... First off, I agree with you that those last six or seven of Mark Spector are just wild and <laughs> crazy, yeah. and... Those would probably be the worst. And, you know, I'm not crazy about Fist of Conchu either. Mm-hmm. But um, for me, and I hate to say this, I just like, I think I think my least favorite is probably Bemis. Mm. Um, no, I can see that. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, that run, like, I think it started off really cool. Yeah. And it kind of fell off by the end. Um, it um, it didn't keep my interest peaked. Yeah. Um, some ways it was even kind of boring i know yeah. that's like that's worse than being bad that, but you know it's oh no look yeah know. absolutely uh it, it, everyone's got the different tastes and stuff and i will admit as well i enjoyed the bemis run but um you're right and albeit that the high priest managed to to make a forever grateful and, and love the guy yes. uh bemis um yeah i did i think i did even mention to him when we had him on like i found 199 and 200 
really hard to, to read. The last two issues were very, for me, very hard to read. Um, and I think Bemis mentioned something like he intentionally made it like very dense and difficult, but I, I just couldn't follow a thread in it. Um, I'll have to reread it again. Uh, but I, I just found it, yeah, very, very difficult. But the the early stuff was great. I think the um, the Isle of Ra, um, the 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 Truth, um, the Sun King, that the Sun King. Yeah, it was really good. That first issue, 188. Oh man, it blew me out of the water without mm. Moon Knight in it. Um, and Doctor Emmett just getting immolated was just yeah. Ugh. And those covers are great too. Mm. Like. The was it 188 where it's like Moon Knight hanging off the side of the building yes. looking? That's so cool. That is very and uh, and the one uh, I'm thinking in my head, you know, there's the one where he's just kind of holding the crescent dart, and there's like tentacles or something coming around him. And um, oh yes, 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 yeah, that might and, have been with uh, the collective, um, 196 yeah. or seven, yeah. Yeah, C- Cthulhu makes an appearance in that run yeah. too, which is hilarious. But um, yeah, yeah, no, it was, for sure. I mean, so they're different, uh, you know, uh, and I'm sure a lot of loonies there as well will um, let us know, you know, what your least favorite. I mean, I don't want to promote obviously sledging and slagging off um, series, is, but yeah, I mean, if if you just generally didn't like it and and that's it, um, be interested to know. Um, you know, we don't want to generate any hate towards stuff. Yeah, just 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 be constructive and remember that the people that wrote these are human beings. Exactly, exactly. Everyone, everyone has differing tastes and opinions, and everyone, you know, some writers are on sometimes, and sometimes exactly. they're off. So you exactly. know, I mean, they've got to meet deadlines as well. So it's not like it's not like they're just inspired by a muse and and write because it's it's <laughs> lovely and dandy. They've got to it's yeah. work. They've got to they've actually yeah. got to make sure it works to their schedule. So uh, you do get some hits and misses, unfortunately. Um, anyway, uh, Russell, let's. Uh, any other final thoughts for this issue? Issue five. Um, just final thoughts. I thought it was um, a great action-packed character piece. Mm. Like. We do get a lot of action and a lot of fun, you know, sequences. But at the same time, I think this is a really good, like, in-depth look at where Mark is at the time. Yeah. He, like I said, I love a good redemption story, and this one is definitely a redemption story. I feel like Vengeance of the Moon Knight was immediately thrown away when Bendis took over, and that's Mm. unfortunate. I would have liked to have seen where they went from Vengeance... Uh, without you know yeah. Bendis, but um, yeah, I thought it was. I think it's really good. Like even talking about it now, I like it even more than when I read it. Mm. Uh, yeah, but um, yeah, um, yeah. What about you? Yeah, I um, I would have to agree. You pretty much hit it on the head. Most of the most of the points um, that I was thinking of. Um, what comes across as an action issue which it does very well i think uh on the surface level if you look a bit more there's there is so much more to this because Huritz does pay uh take time to to actually have little spots for all the characters and it's not only mark which is really good as we mentioned he's got this thing this um thing hanging over his head but you get these little moments with with crawley uh, you get it with frenchy as well um even as you mentioned you get that dynamic and what mark's thinks of Bushman coming back. Um, yeah. So these are little things that Hurrits have introduced just to make, you know, make you think 
uh, a bit more about the characters, and it's not just a slugfest. Um, so I really enjoy. Unfortunately, uh, you know, one of your your favourite iterations, Scarecrow, doesn't get too much of a, a thing in here, but um, it, it set up a nice fight sequence at the beginning, at least. You know, I would have loved to have seen him contort because when you said that, that's that's freaky. That's like horror yeah. stuff. Um, yeah. Yeah. But um, yeah. Uh, um, what would you What would you give I, this, Russell? Oh, sorry. Did you? Uh, I was just going to say, like I said before, this is, I think this is the most interesting version of Bushman. I feel like they kind of finally give him some personality, because yeah. before he was just a killing machine. Yes. You know. Um, but as for rating, I am going to give this a... I think I'm going to give it a waxing gibbous. I'm going to give it an eight. Okay, waxing gibbous. Uh, so let me just plug that into the records there. Waxing gibbous, um, fantastic. I I would agree with you, Russell. I'm going for the big, beautiful yellow man. Uh, it's <laughs> it's uh, it's eight out of ten as well. I I try to be very kind of discerning with my marking. Usually they hover around the six and a half to seven, seven and a half, eight. I think I, I was really impressed by it. This is something that I had a lot of fun with. It actually makes mm-hmm. me want to reread parts one to four as well. I want to see how it all kind of fits together because it can easily, although it worked really well as a single issue, uh, you can see this being a really important piece in, in, a, in a, the development of the whole story. Um, mm-hmm. And as you mentioned, it really does bring Bushman, uh, he, it actually gives him a bit more something to his character. You, you see a, how kind of evil he is uh you know he's a quite a sinister character rather than just a killing machine um but yes. yeah eight out of ten so loony listeners that is uh, a, a review from from both russell and myself go check it out as we mentioned it's available uh, readily on marvel unlimited or, or digital um otherwise you might find it a bit hard to to get in physical form uh, I don't know, Russell. I know you've got the issue, but I think Vengeance of the Moon Knight issues here are quite hard to get. I don't know about you. Are they hard to get in, in the US still? Or? Uh, some of them are for sure. Yeah. Um, I don't remember most of the run being hard to get, but I remember the the issues where he fights Deadpool are like 25 to oh, 30 bucks. Okay, right. Um, yeah, and that's probably just because Deadpool. Deadpool, yeah. That's, yeah, okay. but. Um, are you a fan of comic books are you a fan of comic book villains well join me russell as we take a walk on the dark side with tomes of evil the podcast dedicated to discussing, analyzing, and overall glorifying the villains of Marvel Comics, DC Comics, and all your favorite indie books. Tones of Evil, a comic book villain podcast.
Hi, this is Al of Resurrections in Adam Warlock and Thanos podcast and proud member of the collective. And you're listening to Into the Night, the Moon Knight podcast. Cool. Um, before we go, Russell, a bit of Nightlines, uh, just for some previous episodes. I'm not sure, do you have your prompt sheet up by any chance? or? Yes, I do. Okay. it's uh, it's. I actually had put it in our previous episode, but I thought it would probably be working better in this episode. Um, mm-hmm. How about, um, I'll kick off the first one, and um, as you get yours uh, on your screen, uh, both of these are from YouTube. So this first uh, comment was for episode 204. So that was with myself and Noel. Looney Tunes take, we're talking about Ethan Hawke uh, and, and Marvel uh, villains. So this is from Car Eternal, and they say, So glad you guys are finally talking about the Ethan Hawke rumours. Every time someone brings up him being Dracula, it throws me into a nerd rage. <laughs> Uh, and on a related note, do you think Marvel might be avoiding the announcement of Oscar Isaac as Moon Knight because they're planning some kind of Moon Moon Knight identity disorder twist at us? Interesting. Thank you, Car Eternal. There's a couple of things there, Russell. Um, first, your thoughts on Dracula and Moon Knight? Uh, <laughs> you know, I love Dracula. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, I don't know if... Maybe maybe as a gag, yeah. but in a comic, I'd like I'd like to see them fight in a comic, especially mm. this new run. He's hunting vampires, so why wouldn't yeah. Dracula show up? Absolutely. But for his first villain in a live action thing, no, because <laughs> I mean they've had no interaction. It's just because of a meme. Yeah, and like. I can see it almost being like a dream sequence where they just throw in, you know, Dracula, give give me my goddamn money, you big fucking nerd. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. yeah. No, Ethan Hawke, you know, I wasn't expecting him, you know, it's, it's general consensus that he's the Sun King now, um, mm-hmm. which you and I both know that I wish he was Black Spectre. Yeah. Um, which he could still be. I was thinking about this listening to your episode with Noel. Yeah. Is like, you know how he looks disheveled yep. and kind of wearing that sack? Is like, well, when they'd have to change it, obviously, but when Carson Knowles came back from Vietnam, he was very disheveled and kind of just, yep. you know, down on his luck. I would hate it, really, if he was Bushman because mm-hmm. while I do think there are concerns with the Bushman character being uh, kind of in some ways racist Mm -hmm. or problematic. I would also think it would be bad if they whitewashed him Mm -hmm. to be a white guy. So it's kind of a, it's a gray area there. Um, They could definitely alter him enough to where they don't have to whitewash him and they don't have to be overtly racist with him either. Yeah. Which I think the later version of Bushman is not as much of a caricature as the original, or especially the Fist of Conchu version, um, or not the Fist of Conchu, but the Mark Spector Moon Knight version. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, he was kind of kind of very uh, interesting, we'll say in that. But <laughs> um, yeah, um, yeah, I'm I'm very excited. And as for the uh, you know waiting to announce Oscar yeah. for the 
it just doesn't make much sense to me. Um, I've got no idea I mean, why they're holding it back on it. I mean, it, it's pretty much common knowledge now. I just don't understand what they're doing. Like, have they just said, I'll stop wor- it? Everyone knows the about it. The worst kept, yeah, worst yeah. kept secret. <laughs> yeah. Um, look, so Car Eternal, I don't know. Uh, you know, they might be planning some twist. That would that would be totally wild, wouldn't it, Russell? But I think with someone of this of the profile and status of Oscar Isaac, you wouldn't want to waste him on a, like. So if from what I'm thinking, you're implying Car Eternal. If if uh, Oscar Isaac is only one of say many actors that will play Moon Knight. Which would be a head spin. Um, that would be interesting, but yeah, I I don't think I think they would probably want to use the most uh, they can get out of Oscar Isaac. Uh, he's got that star quality, so um, yes, yeah. yeah. Uh, and we have another one there, Russell, for the next episode, episode two hundred and five. Yes, um, this is from CMK Seven. Uh, is is this the bee boo boo bee boo bee That's it. I'm so glad I finally get to do that. Um, uh, loved these issues with the Nimrod Strange, aka Arsenal, and the Slayers Elite. Although the issues are dated today, at the time these were amazing. Issues like this really painted Moon Knight as a globe-trotting James Bond-type superhero that I love. What do you think the odds that the Slayers make an appearance in the TV show? Look, anything is possible. Uh, sorry, this is also AKA Chris CMK Seven is is Chris, um, fantastic guy. He provides the video intro uh, to the videos of, of our show. Thank you so much. But yeah, interesting Slayers Elite. Look, they might. Who knows? Anything is possible in this show. I wouldn't put it past them because they are. I don't know. They um, they can be used probably as fodder, maybe, um, or, you know, and, and quickly killed off or something. Who knows? Um, but I, yeah, exactly. I love this idea, Russell, about uh, globe trotting Moon Knight, and I think we'll see that in the TV show because number one, Kevin Feige mentioned it's an Indiana Jones esque kind of thing. Uh, what are your thoughts on Moon Knight being uh, going beyond New York? I think it's it it harkens back to Minch's run, like mm-hmm. we're talking about here. Minch threw him all over the place. One of my favorite issues is where um, um, I think it's a made-up city that he goes to, but it's um, it's like all about voodoo and like there's oh, yes. these yep. zombies um, and this voodoo priest who's like using the zombies for like a drug cartel or something like that. I really like that issue. Mm-hmm. Um, and the one that you're talking about here is the one where he goes to Jerusalem. Yeah, I think that's cool. Like, it definitely sets him apart. And, you know, the MCU likes its big, you know, set pieces and um, all that stuff. Um, and as for the Slayer showing up in the <laughs> show, um, the MCU has pulled from some pretty obscure um, stuff. Like,. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think of a good example. Like, you know, the average, probably even most comic book readers don't know who Agatha Harkness is. Mm. Yeah. Um, or the Flag Smasher for that re- for yep. that purpose. But um, yeah, I I I wouldn't put it past them to have some kind of version of the Slayers in it because I mean it's just somebody he can take on. Yeah, wouldn't it be hilarious if Ethan Hawke was Nimrod Strange? Oh my god! Uh, but um, 
Yeah, it's yeah. it's uh, it's interesting stuff. I, I'm I'm so looking forward to this show, and I just don't know what to expect. But I, I was sold on Oscar Isaac. The mo- well, he's a great actor for yeah. one. Um, I finally watched um, Ex Machina oh, with him in it. Is it good? Yeah, it's so good. Okay, I might so I might good. have to watch. That. I'm gonna have to watch that. Yeah. Uh, but I was sold on him immediately when they started showing those training. Yes, how good is he? Yeah, he's great. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I, uh, yeah, I, I love this globetrotting aspect. We do start to see it with Falcon and Winter Soldier. Um, so they, mm-hmm. you know, they, they even go to Madripoor, which was one of my favourite bits of uh, that series. Um, looked exactly like I had it in my mind and in the comics. Yeah. So it was just brilliant. Um, so you know, the MCU, the, the heroes are starting to expand out and. Uh, yeah, that is a point of difference for Moon Knight. I mean, he does globetrot. He, he's, he's rich enough to actually jet set all over the place. So um, it would be interesting. We do see him in Budapest. Uh, we know that at least, or, or whether maybe it's not even Budapest. Maybe it's meant to be something, another city. We don't know. Right. Um, yeah. But it's definitely not, you know, the architecture is definitely not American. So, you know, if they somehow try to pass that off as New York, that's going to be pretty um, pretty difficult. Um <clears throat> But yeah, I, I think it's a good idea. Uh, as for the Slayers Elite, Chris, I, I don't, I'd love to see them there. Uh, they are colourful enough. Sumaro, he's a big kind of Asian, I don't know, I was going to say sumo wrestler, very stereotypical. Uh, mm-hmm. I can't remember the other guy's name, but he's got all those acidic um, needles, um, almost looks chic-like. And then there's that other dude who's, a, who's got the guns. So yeah, for sure. That'll be great. Maybe in, as an opening sequence. They they they're kind of defeated by Moon Knight, and that's see you later. Yeah, how cool would that be for the I fans? Would, yeah, just, oh yeah. yeah. I I wouldn't. I think the now that I think about it, the perfect like overarching villain for the first season would be the committee. Yes, um, I'd love to see the committee. Yeah, but um, yeah, it just feels like they could definitely update them to be more interesting because they're kind of boring in the in some of the stories, but. Or, yeah. Russell, how about the Secret Empire? I know they're not totally oh. Moon Knight, but that would be cool. Like and like another yeah. Hydra or, or AIM kind of rocks on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're, they're pretty yeah. young. So, uh, yeah, for sure. I mean, you can have Mark um, Moon Knight taking on, yeah, like a corporate uh, entity as well. But anyway, uh, so I guess that's... Uh, thank you so much for the feedback there. Uh, Russell, a huge thank you. For, for jumping on. Uh, look, listeners may not know because this is absolutely seamless, but uh, this recording has spanned a, c- a couple of days. <laughs> um, yes. So uh, hopefully, uh, if you have the video, you'll probably see the different different clothes. Uh, but no, a huge thank you, Russell, for, for taking time out. Uh, I know that you're a bit under the weather as well, but, um, geez, you, you, you're a battler, so good on you. Yeah, uh, I'm always happy to be on the show. And like I said... <laughs> This this will be my one year anniversary yeah. of first appearing, and uh, it's it's always a blast. I always enjoy talking with you, Ray, and uh, we got a few appearances with you on my show lined yeah. up. Uh, yeah, absolutely. So, uh, Can't wait. Yeah, looking forward to that. No, it's it's always been uh, it's always always great and very easy to chat with you as well. And let's hope that this is obviously this is you know not the last that you'll be on the RTK there'll be plenty of years and, and episodes to come so <laughs> yes a huge thanks uh, before we go as well of course uh, 
any final we will have all this in the show notes but any uh uh final shout outs to tomes of evil yeah just uh check us out at tomes of evil you know we we talk about a different supervillain every episode um we're doing some big interviews this summer jmd mateus dg chichester i've got a few more in the works um we got some sub sub series excuse me we got (laughs) uh we got hobgoblin historia um working on fear files all about scarecrow um we got a a star wars sith lord one coming with connor from last sons of krypton and then of course I know this is long-winded, but the Patreon. Yeah, please check out the Patreon. Patreon.com slash Tomes of Evil Pod, where we're, for just $2, you get all these exclusive shows we're doing. We've got one on The Shadow. We've got one on uh, the dark side of the DC Universe. I'm working on one for uh, Valiant's Rye. So, uh, yeah. Um, and we'll just have you know, various other little small projects on there. Like, I think DJ Nick and I are going to watch some old movies and do audio nice. commentary over them. Nice. But, um, yeah, please check us out on there. Uh, Weeds of Crime, the first one, I'm actually recording tomorrow with oh, nice. Justin the Owl. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, we're excited for that. Um I think that I think that's I think that's the end of my soapbox, Ray. I can't oh. think of anything else. Oh no worries. <laughs> um, so listeners, check it all out. Russell is uh, would have to be one of the hardest working podcasters out on the scene at the moment. I mean, he's got such a wealth of ideas, um, plenty of stuff, uh, plenty of stuff for everyone. So go check it out. Um, it's all in the show notes as well. Uh, speaking of Justin, uh, next phase loonies. Uh, next week we will be going into 208, 209, and we'll be returning with Justin the Owl, Osgood. <laughs> Justin's great fun to have a chat with, um, as I'm sure you know, uh, Russell. Uh, but for our idle chat, uh, something a little different, uh, I found a fantastic idea from Justin. We're going to be looking at Egyptian characters egyptian superheroes in comics uh you know beyond moon knight who are who are they what are they uh we might have to go beyond marvel because there aren't that many i don't think so um he's gonna talk about dr fate yeah <laughs> this is this is what he's angling towards i think <laughs> yes um so that will be our idle chat very fun um if i might put up a post if you guys know of any other egyptian heroes or villains send them in that'll be fun and uh and for conchi's relics with justin We'll be looking at, uh, I guess, collected formats of of Moon Knight. Uh, so we were talking about the epic collections. We might talk about the omnibus, mm. um, other other releases of the trades and arcs. So that will be quite interesting. Uh, so go check it out all next week. Uh, similar to Russell, Patreon. If you check out patreon.com slash itkmoonnight, we've got lots of incentives there. Uh, please check it out. Uh, all of it goes towards the show. We're trying to make it bigger and better. Uh, and uh, we really appreciate the likes of Russell, who is a Petrini already, uh, and, and Justin as well, who will be on uh, helping helping out with the show. It's really, really, um, we're really grateful for it. Also, hello headphones. If you use the code ITK Moon Knight, you'll get ten percent off their online store. Get yourself some headphones. Get some get some cool ones there, like Russell. If you got the video, you can see you can see. I'm not sure they're not hello headphones, Russell, but they look 
pretty damn good. Um, they're comfy. They're comfy. Um, <laughs> also, Dreamland Comics, if you use the code MOON, you'll get 20% off their online store. So go check out your, your Deadpool Moon Knight, Vengeance of the Moon Knight, if you can. Um, get it off there with 20% off. Uh, we're also affiliate members of Entertainment Earth, all your action figure needs. Oh, my God, Russell, the Quasar, ish, the Quasar figure is <laughs> out soon as well. And I think they've got a new Silver yes. Surfer one. looks awesome. Mm-hmm. Um and, and we, we were talking. Uh, we're talking about Masters of the Universe as well. Yeah, oh no, yeah, I'm in a room of. Uh, there you go. For and the he, video people. For there. the video people, yeah. there you've got a nice little, a little sneak peek at one of the the meanest badasses in the universe. <laughs> um, so yeah, uh, if you click the link and purchase it, that will help prop up the show too. Finally, we are part of the collective, so a huge band of great podcasts. I'm going to cap it off with Tomes of Evil, the likes of Tomes of Evil, a super villain podcast. Um, it's a fantastic show. Uh, everyone loves their heroes, but everyone loves their villains as well. So uh, this covers it all. Great stuff. Headed by Russell, of course. Um, of course, there are other ones, EMP, Earth's Mightiest Podcast, and Sons of the Dragon and Immortal Iron Fist Podcast, amongst others. Uh, go check them all out. Finally, Not that guy. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, not that guy. <laughs> um, finally, you can email us, itkmoonight at gmail.com. We're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, Discord, uh, Get Vocal. We're on Podchaser. Uh, we've got a couple of websites as well, so go check out our back catalogue. Uh, also, if you don't mind, uh, a rating would be really cool. Uh, Russell, I've got to rate. I've got to rate Tomes of Evil. Far out. I haven't done that um, yet. But um, I'd appreciate it. I haven't even seen. I don't. I think I've been rated, but I haven't looked at them. I kind of. I'm kind of afraid. But, oh, you should do it. It's fun. It's fun. Like you know, yeah. if you haven't, if you've never tried it before, just log in. It's like, oh, I've got some ratings. Um, but yeah, yeah, really, they're really supportive. Um, yeah, uh, so very, very much so. That would be very much appreciated. It just helps us get out there a bit more. Anyway, a final thank you, Russell. Uh, thank you so much. I hope you have a good rest of the afternoon, evening. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. Say, uh, say well. Um, keep keep that throat lozenged. Yeah, yes. And, uh, thanks again for having me, Ray. And I did forget to mention that our big cross promotion this summer, Moon Knight Villain Mania. Yes. Uh, I... Happy that I'll be having all the high priests yeah. on that show, as well as uh, some of your uh, the favorite loonies of the ITK community. So, yeah, thanks again, Ray. Uh, it's always a pleasure. Ah, absolutely. Right back at you, Russell. And as always, uh, everyone at May you watch over the denizens of the night. Gotcha. and affiliated characters, stories and events are properties of Marvel Characters Incorporated. Materials used and discussed within the podcast are intended for critique and review purposes only under the fair dealing concept of the current Copyright Act. The views, information or opinions expressed during the podcast are solely those of the individuals involved and do not necessarily represent those of the copyright owners.